2: with Sam Hargraves on SEM.
0: she's madly in love
1: with the
3: town I'm Hello, everybody, wherever you might be. Good evening to you. No Sam Hargraves. Cam Luke in the sea for what's going to be a big hour. You can get involved, of course, on the temper text anytime you like. 043398. Eleven sixteen a at a mattress like none other. Huge show. Scotty Sattler's going to join us very shortly as well. Of course, Brandon Smith, this situation when it comes to the Melbourne Storm, is it good, bad, ugly? Are we kind of overdramatizing it just a little bit? We, we see this situation a fair bit when it comes to uh, the NRL in the past. Are we in a situation where we're just throwing a kid out? And just was being honest, which is something as as media and... I guess, as everything else, we do want to see a little bit more. So Sats is going to join us very shortly. I I want to know from you, we're about to get into a huge summer, a monstrous summer of sport. Of course, we've got the Ashes fires off in just more than, well, just over a week away, although in a situation we're not even certain if Perth will end up holding this test. Mark McGowan, again, some comments today, which, again, continues to make us think that the West Australian, the Perth test will not happen in Perth, and I know there's some Melbourne sporting fans getting very excited by an MCG day-night test possibility. A little bit of payback for, of course, the MCG not having the grand final this year and Western Australia having it. But Mark McGowan again today putting his foot down, saying quarantine period, two weeks, just can't roll in and play the match. So I'm asking you, and there's a couple of ways to do it. You can do it off the temper text or you can call me 1300 three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736. What are you most looking forward to this particular summer? You're going to hear it all on SCN around the country. Is it the Ashes? Is it the Big Bash? Which starts this weekend as well. We have the NBL that starts this weekend. Liam Santamaria will jump on the line and talk to me in around half hour's time. Historically, Tasmania have a team again for the first time in over 25 years. Is it? Something AFLW, slight tweaking of it. Of course, coronavirus pushed back the original idea. What are you most looking forward to? It, traditionally, 99% of the time would be the Ashes. It's a controversial last couple of weeks. Of course, all that's happening with the Australian test team currently, in particular, of course, the wicket-keeper position, the English, they were uh, umming and arring, many a player, certain... We're uncertain about whether they were going to actually lob. They've got here. And then, as it works out, we're ready to go. We might have a day night test at the MCG. Very simple 0433981116 off the temper text. A mattress like no other off the text. We did have some technical issues, Dan, off the text straight up. We worked it out, we sorted it out. And away we go as we fire into a Tuesday night. So much to get into. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to talk. Very simple. one 736 736 Mitch Clear is about to join us in a very split second. He's, he's, he's been on fire, of course, in the offseason. Jordan degoy is back in Australia. And also he sits down on, with Damien Hardwick, Channel 7 News tonight. So we'll get to all that and plenty more. So much to get into. Whatever you want to talk about, it is the way to go. For me, over the summer, it, it is the Ashes. The Ashes is still the main thing I'm looking forward to. There is so much toing and fro-ing. I, I think the way the world is as well, home pitch, home ground, home country advantage isn't what it used to have been. So essentially, it, it is not exactly just a situation where the English are going to roll on in, and in the past the Australians might have trampled over them. It, it's not that at all. For obvious reasons. Hands down the Ashes. And if we get two tests, how exciting for me and the fam. Can't wait to go. That's from Ange. Uh, West Australia having the, the grand fonders not deserve any payback from Victoria. No state should have two Ashes tests. Hobart full stop. And that's a good point from Aaron as well. That Cricket Tasmania situation last week where they were quite critical of Cricket Australia. Does that play into it? Does that at all play in the positioning of a test that might leave WA? Temper Tex is open. 4 eleven sixteen. A man who's going to join me just quickly before he goes. Channel Seven News and what a big day he has. I speak of Mitch Cleary. Hello, buddy. Good day, Cam. Big day. Out of the airport, nice and early mate. you want to start to go, or do you want to start at Damon Hardwick? Where do you want to go? Because it's been a pretty big news day considering we're almost into December.
4: It will start with Ja Airport nice and early in Sydney this morning. He arrived on his flight from Los Angeles. A quick chat, didn't want to say a great deal, but that'll be on 7 News uh, very shortly. Uh, he's obviously got his court date in eight days' time. He's facing four charges, including assault with intention to cause injury, uh, a big week coming up for Jordan degoey He's actually going to be required to stay uh, in Sydney in hotel quarantine or in, in some sort of home quarantine for 72 hours, given the new, the new border laws that were introduced in the last couple of days. So it's another hit for, for degoey but uh, he's going to be able to hear his video, his uh, his court hearing via video link in the uh, in the next eight days.
3: You obviously for Channel Seven News have have, have spoken to him uh, prior to this situation. Then, uh, of course, you're right over when it actually happened. W- what is the situation going forward when he gets to Melbourne? Is he straight back into training with Collingwood? Are they allowing the the court case? Although it's 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 fairly close now with the with the quarantine situation as well. Is he straight back at training for the Pies? How does it all work? No, he's still uh,
4: been banished by the club. He's been suspended pending that court date. And even then, the club's saying, even if that court date does go his way, he's no guarantee to return. Graham Wright, the head of footy, saying as much last week. Mm -hmm. Even the new coach, Craig McRae, who's got a lot on his plate with his first season at the helm, saying as much a week prior, that even if the the court hearing does go to go his way, if it's downgraded, if it's thrown out, if he's given a slap on the wrist... um, he's no guarantee to return. It is a massive 12 months for Jordan to go. is a guy, as you said, I spoke to him about a month ago before all this went down, Cam. He was preparing for the biggest contract of his life, talking about Petrarca, talking about the, you know, the five, six, seven year contracts that will change his life. And now he's fighting for his career over one night in New York. Unfortunately for him, it's not the first time and his teammates have said as much, Jeremy Howe, Braden Maynard said as much a couple of weeks ago. It's not the first time that he's, uh, he's stuffed up or he's, uh, found himself in hot water, Jordan Ngoi, and um, he's got to pay the consequences whenever that falls. And at this stage, it's uh, it's looking like December 8th next week, he's going to have a big say on his future.
3: I know it's it's pretty hard to to decipher in the situation you were this morning because there wasn't a great deal of... Um, toing and froing uh, of course, for, for obvious reasons from his, from his point of view. But what was his demeanour like? Hey, we're about to see it on Channel 7 News, but is, is, there, a, you know, is, there, is there a disappointment in himself? Was he shy? Was he a little taken aback by you being there? What was his demeanour like? Because it is, as you touched on for, for so many obvious reasons, both on and off the football oval, it's a big eight days and it's a big 12 months in the in the career of Jordan Dugowie.
4: Well, I don't think he was expecting news crews to be there when he got off his mm. flight at about 6.25 this morning. Um he had the blinkers on, you're a horse racing man. He had the blinkers on, he was head down, uh, looking, you know, straight, Looked at the uh the uh, the airpods in, didn't wanna to say too much. I think, you know, reading between the lines and, and speaking to people, you know, around him and those who know him, he's ashamed of what's happened. He you know, he was meant to be over there training, as I said, for the, the biggest contract of his life. He, he jumped through a lot of hoops. He he told me he was meeting with the US Embassy and, and dealing with all these sorts of things just to get over there to fulfill this relationship he's got with Monster Energy to to train with one of the best personal trainers in the world in Johnny Louch, riding through the hills of, of California. One night, it has blown it all up. So I think he is uh, ashamed of what's happened. But uh, I guess the court cam, as these things play out, are going to have the final
3: say uh, next week. I have no doubt that I have missed this. That that Monster deal, was it scrapped once this happened?
4: No, it has, it's, they're sticking by him. I did put that call in They're sticking by him for now. Um, as I read it, it is sort of pending the court date. Um, I think, you know, last time when he had previous uh, charges before the courts, they, they stuck by him then. So, they're saying no need to change now. Um, there's every chance this gets thrown out or it's downgraded um, next week. So, they are sticking with him. Uh, so, too Puma, as I believe, uh, another personal sponsor of his. So, They're sticking by him. Um, Collingwood, though, have suspended him um, pending that court date.
3: And, look, you mention it, of course, with with that situation. Eight days away, so almost into Christmas. It's a disrupted pre-season for obvious reasons already. But if he gets into a a shorter pre-season, that might work for him in some weird way where he's a little fresher and, of course, he fought... like we're talking middle of January, so his run into to be ready for the first game of the year is is going to be significantly diminished from a traditional player and, of course, his normal pre-season. So already there's question marks, I guess, of his availability to be uh, early in the year available for the Pies.
4: I would usually say, I would usually agree. The only thing is he has been over there training pretty hard, riding through the, the mountain bike, those sort of things. He, he does look to be in shape, but it does put him back, you know he's not going to be able to walk in and train alongside his teammates when they return. You know, the senior players, Scott penry has been there at training. Some of the senior players have been back, but they're all due back uh, next week on Monday, December 6th. So he's not going to be there. It does set him back, I guess, more of a... Probably not physically, but more just the morale type of thing, being around the group and and the fact he's actually not there on day one. You know, regardless, I can't see him being available for round one. I think even if the the court hearing does fall his way and he, he gets a reprieve or he... He gets it downgraded. I think Collingwood will impose some sort of, again, I don't know this. I'm just forecasting what usually happens in these scenarios. I can anticipate something like a four, six, eight, ten 10-week suspension, something in those realms. I can't see him being available for a round one selection regardless.
3: Mitch Cleary joins us from Channel 7 News. We're going to see it very shortly. Dugowie and also a sit-down you've done with Damien Hardwick. Of course, a, a longer off-season for Damien Hardwick this year based on you know, the last four or five seasons. What, uh, and how is he and what's he got to say?
4: We've got a bit to say, actually. Uh, got to sit down with him uh, in an interview that will run uh, tonight at around uh, you know, 6.45 on the news. So tune into that, Cam. I'm sure you, you will. Um, I will. He, he's actually flown in from the US, funnily enough. I saw him there at, on Sunday at the airport. Uh, flew in on Sunday. And he's been caught up in the quarantine. He was meant to be at training on Monday. So that's been pushed back a couple of days as well. So uh, he talks about that tonight. Uh, on Seven News, Dustin Martin's back. His plans for Dusty for next year. Also, the captaincy. The Tigers have got a few things. A few, I guess, a few balls in the air. He did admit though, he's super excited to see where the draft hand can fall. Josh Gibb just in the first round. They've had a pretty strong draft hand this year. The Tigers. So I think that's given him a, a springy step, it's along with David Teague, a, a bit of a, a new York coaching panel. So I think um, Tigers fans will be pretty buoyed once they hear Damien Hardwick speak.
3: I caught a little bit of your story last night as well. I know you didn't speak to him, but it's really good to see Michael Hurley back out there and and having a run around. Of course, long way to go still, but considering the the seriousness of his illness of what he had to battle for the last you know, 12 or so months, it's good to see him back out in colours and, and being a part of that preseason.
1: It is.
4: You know, you arrived at Essen yesterday, you him to sort of be inside in the rehab group, but just to see him out on the track is, is a boost for Bombers fans. I, I think it's pretty slow going for him at the moment, Cam. Uh, I can't see him doing too much before Christmas. He's sort of in stationary skills um, and sort of just building up his his dream pretty slowly. But um, there is a, a sense of optimism for Bombers fans that he, he could get on the park next year. A long way back, he's had the, the big hip surgery and then another clean-out you know, in September, October at season's end. So I think it's slow going for him. Um, I don't think they're putting any big pressure or rush on him, but... That is probably the one position. I know Alex Rant is there, and we'll talk about it, you know, for months and months oh, to come. That surely he, not, mate. He, surely not. No, but, but that's the one position, isn't it? You look on the, yeah, you look on the sort of magnet board. Maybe the forwards potentially to. Peter Wright's a bit up and down. But, you know, James Stewart held up his end of the bargain. jaden Laverde played taller. Uh, they've got Jake Kelly in from the Crows. So I think a big hulking key back to play on the Tom Hawkins of the world is what they're missing. And if they could get Michael Hurley back to full fitness, that would be a major boost, as Ben Rutten looks to... Uh, Win that first final in what is it, 15, 16 years
3: now? Oh, four, yeah, it'll be 18 by the time we get to September next year. <laughs> Mitch, as always, made appreciate. Looking forward to seeing it. Uh, what time? About just over half an hour away on Channel 7 News. Thanks, Cam. Mitch Cleary, Channel 7, there you go. You and get involved whenever you like off the Temper Text, Temper, a mattress. Like no other. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen or give me a buzz. Very simple. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Anytime you want to get involved, it's very simple. And Robin Clayton has done that. Rob, hello to you. Oh, hang on a second for some reason, I don't have you. No, I do not. Rob, I'm going to get back to you on the other side of the break. So much to get into wherever you might be. Get involved, temper textile. What are you most looking forward to over as we head towards the summer? Is it the Ashes, which predominantly is dominant and what I'm putting my hand up about? But the NBL, the Big Bash, AFLW, is it the tennis? Although it's in a weird spot as we wait to see if Novak Djokovic can even get here in one of the Australian stand up and deliver. So much to get into. Huge, huge weekend of sport. The kick starts, a big summer. Get involved. 04 3398 1116. Cam Luke in for Sam Hargraves. Time on. Scotty Sattler, moments away. Talks in Brandon Smith. And now that situation's playing out. And Liam Santamari is going to join us as well. The Temper text You know what to do 04 11 1116. All thanks to Temper, a mattress. Like no other. Pat's in Brisbane. Just quickly before we get to Sats. Hello, Pat.
1: Hey, Sam. How are you, mate? Good,
3: buddy. Far away.
1: Um, yeah, so I just heard, yeah, what What people are looking forward to mm-hmm. over the summer. So I'm, I've actually managed to snag a ticket for day two at the Ashes in Adelaide. Huge. And then day four in uh, the Gabba. I'm from Brisbane, but I'm actually going out to Adelaide for my one-year wedding anniversary. And then it just happened to be on the same time. So... Happy
3: days. Mate, just before we go any further, so you go in Adelaide for your one-year wedding anniversary. Firstly, congratulations. Secondly, are you at least going to take her out or are you just going to ditch her and go to the cricket?
1: Um, Well, actually, mate, to be honest with you, she's a big cricket fan and she was the one that said, I just checked that the cricket's on. And so it's a date for both of
3: us. Well, It probably gives an indication as to why you married her, mate. Congratulations. Enjoy what's going to be a a wonderful summer of Test Cricket.
1: Thank you very much,
3: Danny. Beautifully done. You can get involved. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Rob's in Clayton. Just quickly, Scotty Sattler about to join me. Rob, hello to you. G'day, how are you? I'm good, mate. What do you got for me? Uh, just a couple of quick comments. We, we
5: know the AFL and a few Indigenous players have made, uh, made made a massive, uh, massive difference to the Indigenous communities around Australia. Yep. Um, and the AFL often blur the lines between sort of being a sporting association and sort of reaching the political domain. I just want to ask, or maybe... I'm a little bit confused. There's quite a few Indigenous people in uh, Outback Australia at the moment that are really struggling with some of the things that are happening up there. I can can spell it out if you want me to. I'm just a little bit concerned that the the, the outspoken AFL or some of the more low-profile Indigenous players haven't said a word. I'm just asking if... uh, Anyone there is listening? That they go and help,
3: they say something because it's it's just what's happening is just a joke. I, I guess the, I know, the 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 one I understand what you're, you're saying. I guess the the thing with that is we don't probably hear from a great deal being the off season. I guess that's the only thing I can say right now. And and maybe it, when uh, then the players get back into pre-season and affronting the media a little bit more, they might make a a fair bit noise about it. Uh,
5: well, I'm talking about guys like Michael Long, Mickey Winmar, okay, Adam Woods. They're quite outspoken. They like can be, you know, good, which is a good thing, and do a great job. Yes, and, yeah, and which they have obviously for many, many Indigenous people around Australia, and pretty, you know, like you know, I'm not going to go into everything they've done. Yeah, it's a time where they could be helping, and I'm just not hearing anything. So I'm just wondering why. I'm a bit confused. I'm not Indigenous, but I'm I'm struggling as to why they're not helping their brothers and sisters who are struggling and being shoved in the back of Diddy fans and everything else because
3: they're not complying with what government I I, is I, best I for them. I, I, I cannot answer that question for you, Rob, but uh no, we'll, we'll no, see what no, happens. Questions. Yeah no no I'm I'm, I'm yeah no. Totally yeah. totally get what you're uh, what you're saying, mate, and appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you, mate. There you go. You can get involved off the temper tech, 043398 ninety eight. Eleven sixteen you can give me a buzz. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. I think that the best thing about the Roosters is they can tell you how they're gonna help you in life rather than Help you in footy because the the footy if your life's good footy's good and bro, I just it was just mind blowing and they're just so professional with me yeah like they took me into the league so they had a presentation as well Mitchie Orbe almost made me cry I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even kidding like how he spoke about the club and like what they have done for him and like the history of why the, why they wear that jersey why we why we play the way we do I was just looking at the Roosters jersey as he was saying and I was had like goosebumps I was looking at it going. I want to win a premiership in that jersey. A little bit of Brandon Smith and his comments, or some of his comments that have, well, caused a great deal of fire, and he's now put out an apology. Scott Sattler, NRL great, state of origin, premiership star, NRL Nation, Sports Day right around the country joins us. And Sats, he has put out the apology, says that he's on this podcast to you know to, to make sure that there's no miscommunication and everything he says is, is from his heart. He bees honest, and now we kind of smack him. He, ha, have we been... As, as a society and as general media and rugby league fans, have, have we been a bit too harsh on him or was he in the wrong?
2: Oh, you know what, Cam? I, I like that he was open and transparent and went through the whole process of the clubs that he met with. Oh, I get that. And if you listen to the podcast as a whole, he's very respectful of the Roosters. He's very respectful of, very respectful of his club, Melbourne. But he's also disrespectful in the same way. Uh, I think there's a line that, that we that is drawn, in a line in the center. Is drawn, that you just can't cross, whether it's in sport, business, whatever it may be. And I think he did cross a couple of those lines. Um, I get it that people like his refreshing approach, his larrikin approach. Um, he's a very good character. He's a, he's a funny character at times, and sometimes he can go a little bit too far. Uh, but in saying that, um, overall, I think the Melbourne Storm have every right to be really disappointed mm. in his actions and some of his comments. Um, yeah, most notably... I can understand him saying, I want to win a premiership in that Roosters jersey because of how passionate they are about it. Uh, hearing players and coaches talk about the Roosters jersey, but it's just something you don't verbalise publicly. Yeah. Um, to talk about the, the Melbourne Storm operations and, and how their departments aren't as close as what the Roosters are, um, well, that was disrespectful. And, and he's saying these comments on the back of one meeting and a game of golf with a couple of their players, and... Um so I, I I think it basically comes down to a little bit of immaturity. Uh there are parts of Brandon Smith that I do find refreshing. It's just finding that that common balance that he hasn't found yet as a as a sportsman.
3: Look, the the thought is now, or at least a little bit of the commentary, how hard is it for him to go back into the Melbourne Storm? He's hundred percent committed. This is a it's a rarity in world sport that the NRL and, and rugby league do work under where, where players sign on for clubs and franchises around the world that still have to have play another year in, in, in their, their their current or original colours. Is there going to be any concern him going back to the Melbourne Storm? As a former player, when he goes back to training camp and into pre-season, how would he be received?
2: Uh, he'll end up... But when you when you start training hard and putting all the work in and, and then the, the season starts again, you know, the opinions change. Yep. But initially, I would suspect that there would be some players be really disappointed, and I wouldn't trust him initially in relation to having a drink with him or playing cards because he was, you know, talking about the you know the parent drinking culture at a club like Melbourne, where you just don't break ranks at Melbourne. They're mm. so successful because they keep everything isolated, and they they're a really united bunch of rugby league players as a club and staff as well. And and then you know talking about the gambling with Cam Munster, I know it's all funny and. But you're sort of revealing information that certain individuals probably don't want out there because um, because it, stay, it should stay in-house. So I think there'll be some players that'll be a little bit disappointed in him. They won't hold it against him, but I think they'll be initially disappointed some of the players, I think. Uh, that'll erode very quickly. I don't think rugby league players, and I know the AFL, they don't get it. They don't understand why or how a player can sign for a club a year out. I don't agree with it, but it's our... It's our model at the moment. I expect it to change in the coming two to three years. But in saying that, um, other players understand why players do sign because it is our current format. Other players don't get mad at other players. They sign at other clubs. It's probably just the way they go about it um, when they do sign and then they've still got another year to play. It's, it's the way you handle yourself is the way that you, your legacy and, and what that will be at the club that you're currently at.
3: Just on that, Sats, what, why do you think it'll change? I understand in this situation it's, it's raised commentary and it's more on the comments more so than the actual signing somewhere else. But traditionally, the NRL have, have handled it. You say the players handle it, the clubs understand it, the fans by extension understand it, although there's some passions and emotions run high when you lose a particular player. But what, why do you think it will change?
2: Uh, I think just the fans' feedback. Yeah, the fans are very important in relation of to the, the way the game is seen. Um I, I feel as though it it brings a lot of negative publicity on the NRL. you always want to be in the in the headlines, but you want to be in it for the right reasons, and I think the the format is is starting to really annoy people okay. and it brings negative publicity. I just think the only way forward is I don't know whether a draft would work in Rugby League because we've got so many great clubs that recruit uh, that develop their juniors really well. So the clubs who don't spend a lot of time and money and resources on development, well, it's basically bringing the good ones back to the field. So I don't think we'd go down the way of a rookie draft, but I feel as though we'll go through a period of transfer windows where you can only sign for clubs through a certain week or a fortnight. and There might be two or three of them throughout the year where you get the opportunity to do that. But signing 12 months out, I think, I think the next two or three years we may see a change in that process.
3: All right, before we let you go, Scott Sattler joins us, NRL Nation, of course, huge part of sports day right around the country. Uh, how have you seen the Dolphins early on? They've, they've had a little bit of trouble at being able to get some of these signatures, still a while to go before they actually, uh, well, enter the comp officially and play their first game. But have you been surprised or is this what you thought would happen with the early signings? Uh,
2: well, the three the three bids took a really completely different focus, yep. um, Cam and and Dolphins, it's it's quite obvious now that their focus, before they are even given the licence, was not on recruitment. It was all on assets and money and, and what it looked like from an aesthetic point of view, an optics point of view. Whereas you know, myself working with the Brisbane Jets, we are, our sole focus was not only getting the right capital and money in place, it was also about making sure you had smart recruitment from day one, uh, even before you get the licence, which sounds ridiculous, but it does work in rugby league. Um and making sure that you don't upset the current fabric and the and the landscape of rugby league and, and weakening the other clubs to an extent. So um, the Redcliffe Dolphins quite obviously haven't taken that focus and they're a little bit behind the eight ball. They've got to make a couple of key signings. I'm led to believe they're going to make a couple of signings this week, which are good, solid first-grade players, but they, they're yet to get their marquee punch, which the only ones left on the market really are Junior Porlo from Parramatta Abby out from Penrith and the big one is is Kaelin Ponger, who uh, is a brand within himself. So, you know, they'd probably have to throw anywhere between one point three, one point five a year to Kaelin Ponga for him to make the transition,
3: I think. Mate, as always, known each other about a decade now, and we talk about it each and every year. I'm going to Super Bowl in February. Are you finally gonna relent and come with me or are you gonna stay back and have to work? Well, if
2: if I get the opportunity to go, I'll definitely go. Are we allowed to
3: go? Well, that's we don't all. not
2: whether we're going to be allowed to
3: fly back into the country. <laughs> well, mate, I was coming to see you in Gold Coast and the Magic Millions in just over a month's time. We might struggle to get there as well. Yeah, good but luck mate, with that. If it's on, I'll see you in Los <laughs> Angeles. It's on. Deal.
2: Oh, I'll be there with bells. I'll be sleeping on your couch.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Sats. <laughs> Scotty Sattler, superstar, huge part of NRL Nation and Sports Day. We'll get to a break. Plenty more next. Hey, it's time now to check out what's happening in the world of greyhound racing. And joining me, as always, is Trent Langscale from GRV. Hello to you, Trent. Hello,
1: dear Cam. Great to have a chat with you. A Group 3 winner is back in action at Warrigal this evening. One greyhound is aiming to maintain her perfect record as well. A couple of Farsi chasers are racing at the Meadows tomorrow afternoon.
3: Well, let's get into a Warrigal tonight because a greyhound loaded with talent is a star attraction there tonight.
1: You're spot on, Cam. Last year's Group 3 Great Chase winner, Dr Tucker, is lining up in Race 8 at 11 minutes past nine. Dr Tucker had his first start for a month when second to kennelmate Dr Slats at sale on November the 21st. Dr Tucker has a strong record of 17 wins and seven minor placings from 32 starts. Dr Tucker is the dominant $1.45 tab favourite for Race 8 and he's coming out of Box 3. Got the talk, a Group 2 finalist, must be respected as the $4 second elect from Box 1.
3: Ah, uh, While well, Dr Tucker is on the comeback trail of star, prospect is hoping to keep her unbeaten streak alive.
1: Cam, Action Girl is the greyhound you are referring mm-hmm. to. Action Girl has shown terrific pace at Warnerville and Ballarat before running at Warragul last Tuesday night. Action Girl registered her seventh win from seven starts in her first visit to Warragul over the 400-metre trip. Action Girl is the $1.60 favourite for race 10 at nine fifty five, and will be exiting from box two. One's obsession in box one is a classy rival with six wins from 11 starts and he sits on the second line of betting at $2.50.
3: Ah, unreal. Of course, Wednesday meetings at the Meadows generally have great quality greyhounds in action and, of course, as usual, that's the case tomorrow.
1: That is correct, Cam. Race 6 at 1.32 features recent Group 3 Great Chase runner-up, Hamilton. The promising youngster has secured nine wins and five minor placings from 17 races. The biggest danger appears to be Mobile Legend, another potential star with three wins from five starts. Race 8 at 17 minutes past two is headlined by Group 1 rookie Rebel winner, Fernando Caz. Two starts back at the Meadows, Fernando Kaz just got the better of Hamilton over 525 metres, and she'll be racing at her preferred distance of 600 metres tomorrow. Can't
3: wait for it. Now, i tell you what, last Friday night, two Group 1s decided at Sandown, but there's plenty of star power racing around Victoria, and it just continues. It feels like each week it's bigger and bigger and better and better. Trent, thank you, mate. We'll catch up again tomorrow.
1: Thank you, Cam. Looking forward to it. And remember, please gamble responsibly.
3: Greyhound Racing continues under strict protocols, securing employment for more than 4,000 Victorians. You can watch every Victorian Greyhound race live and free by downloading the Watchdog app or simply follow Watchdog Racing on Twitter or Facebook. Time on right here on 11.16 SEN. And as I mentioned a little earlier, huge amount of summer sports starting this week. The WNBL kicks off. The Big Bash kicks off. And the NBL kicks off. You're going to hear so much of Melbourne United and the Wildcats across the SEN networks, and a huge part. Well, the best broadcaster in my eyes in the game, NBL.com.au, NBL Overtime on ESPN tonight at 7:30 is Liam Sanemuri, and he joins me now. Liam, hello to you.
0: Hello, Cam. You're very, very kind. I appreciate it.
3: We spent a lot of time together, both on overtime and many other projects, and the excitement, it builds, it builds and builds, and finally, again, after an elongated off-season, it's right here, only a couple of days away, and it kickstarts in Tasmania for the first time in over 20 years.
0: It's very, very exciting. We've spoken a lot over the last few years about the continued growth of the NBL, and look, part of that is the lucrative broadcast deal that's in place this season, and Another part of that is the the growth and expansion of the league. We saw the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix come into the competition a couple of years ago. They are up and about. They're championship contenders already coming into this year. And you're right. In a couple of days, we see the NBL debut of the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. They're going to roll out in their recently refurbished arena that spent $60 million on that thing down there in Hobart. It looks a treat. The team's got some exciting pieces and they're going to take on the Brisbane Bullets on opening night to kick off what's going to be a spectacular NBL season.
3: Anytime there's a new franchise, Liam, the, the, the question mark is not necessarily about you know how deep can they go because it's extremely unlikely they can gather enough momentum to do any type of title damage. But what can you see this team doing? There's a lot of momentum. The preseason games were packed out. The stadium looks amazing, as you touch on. And they've got some quality players. What what do you expect from them?
0: I expect them to be uh, highly competitive mm-hmm. throughout the season. Um, I don't expect them to really at any point get into any kind of uh, conversations about making the, the postseason and being involved in the finals. But they're going to be fun to watch. Geez, we've seen that already. Josh Majet is a classy point guard. Will Magnet looks up and about. He's going to be all over the rim. And Josh Adams is look, he's going to be inconsistent, but he's an excitement machine. I mean, he, I describe him as kind of Derek Rose light Ooh. in the way that he attacks the rim with, with reckless abandon. So they're going to be fun to watch. They're just not as deep. As some of those teams, you know, are across the rest of the league, who have been around for a number of years and built their rosters uh, over a period of time, so I think that's going to come back to hurt them. It's going to hurt them over the course of the season as a whole, but also within games, where you know that top-end talent in the starting lineup will get out. They'll be highly competitive, but as they go deeper within the roster, I think most of the better teams will will get a bit a bit of a handle on them. But There'll be some nights throughout the season where they will shock some teams. That that Tasmanian crowd down there, that's been starved of basketball for a number of decades, will get up and about and get that team over the line. So they're going to be fun to watch throughout the year as they um, they get their their sort of NBL existence uh, rolling.
3: That's something we have spoken about, and you kind of need to do because uh, look, it'll be packed on Friday night, and you and I were. Both very keen to get down there. The, the current border restrictions, of which we understand, uh, limits us from getting into Tasmania until at least the middle of December. But they've been able to really get some momentum. They look really fun to watch. If you can't win as a new franchise, you have to offer a great deal of entertainment. And, and they look like they're at least going to tick one of those boxes early.
0: For sure. They're going to be fun to watch. And uh, although, I tell you what, it would be spectacular for them to get an opening night win it would be i mean we saw that with the phoenix two seasons ago they were scheduled to play their crosstown rivals melbourne united in their first ever game they come out and mitch creek goes bang in the fourth quarter hits the big three and they get over the line and Look, that's a franchise. They didn't make the finals in that first year, but they did last year. They're a game away from a grand final appearance, and they're coming into this season ready to go. And that's the blueprint for the Jack Jumpers. If they can come out, have a few big moments in that in the year one, opening night would be a spectacular time to have one. Uh, then they can really kind of establish some foundations to build on from there.
3: Am I going too far? Kelvin Telford. In the mid 90s, late in the end of the Hobart Devils, dropped 50 mm-hmm. on opening night. Am I going too far to start to dream that a Tasmanian player can do that Friday night? You're, you're way off. <laughs> yeah, I that don't is, know. I know so it's shorter games, but like, it, how cool <laughs> would it be? Well, I,
0: I, whatever it would take mm-hmm. to get a win, I like Brisbane. I'm excited for Brisbane to be good again this season and to. To, to have a successful year, but I'm cheering for the Jack Jumpers on opening night yeah. because it would be it would be cool. I would love to see Josh Majet get out, have a double double, a whole bunch of assists. I'd love Will Magnate to throw down a few big dunks, send a few shots packing, and for Josh Adams to have um, a few moments where he's all over the rim himself, and for the Jack Jumpers to come away with an opening night win. That would be a spectacular way for them to start as a franchise and for this NBL 22 season to
3: kick off. Liam Santa Maria joins us. NBL media, NBL overtime on ESPN tonight. Channel 509 from 7.30. A little closer to where we are here in Melbourne. Phoenix and Melbourne United. Two teams that went the distance in their semifinal last year. United went on to win the championship. We'll get to Vadova in a moment and, and what he adds. But this Phoenix crew, they came oh so close. And they've they've, they've built on it. This is a team that's going to be very good.
0: Big old chip on their shoulder yep. coming into this season. Up 17 yeah. against Melbourne United in that game three of that semi-final series. And it all just unravels. They get tumbled out of the finals and then they watch their crosstown rivals hoist the championship trophy. Make no mistake, that stings for for everyone there at South Melbourne from their front office through their coaching staff and their key pieces in the roster. And um, they're coming back on a bit of a revenge mission. Um, they've got a lot, seven or eight of their guys back, which is, of course, a key way of how you build success in the NBL. Talent plus continuity breeds success in this league. And then they've added some exciting pieces on the top. David Mumford, American combo guard to, to make plays on the perimeter. And, of course, Big Cho Chi, the Chinese yes. superstar, one, Tore it up to the Chinese national team the other day against Japan. Uh, he's coming back with a little bit of an injury cloud hanging over the top of him. He's got an ankle injury. He's bringing it into round one. Will he suit up in their opening game is a bit of a question mark. But over the course of the season, they're going to be really good. The Phoenix, and they are looking to go one or two steps further than they finished up last
3: season. Who is their most important player? Mitch Creek.
0: That is a shadow of a doubt. He's, he's all-NBL second team last year. Mm-hmm. Despite all the turmoil that was, was his... Uh, you know, NBL 21 campaign on and off the floor. Um, and he, look, he was their first guy that they signed as the franchise. He was their building block. He's an MVP caliber player when he's up and about. And he's their vocal leader out there on the floor. So he's their most important piece. I like the way Ryan Brokoff has looked in preseason. Sharpshooter has played in the NBA and he looks up and about. Joe Chi needs to be really good, as we say, in the middle but Mitch Creek is where it starts and finishes for the Phoenix, and he is fighting fit, looks ready to have a big season.
3: Melbourne United trying to go back-to-back. Back. Uh, offered, offered, added Matthew Delavidova. Has it been understated, this this addition to not just Melbourne United, but the league from Delhi?
0: Well,
5: it's
3: massive,
0: isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think maybe it has flown a little under the radar. You know, Andrew Bogut came into the league a couple of seasons ago, and you know, these are the kinds of guys who are just household names among sporting fans across the country, not just basketball fans. Everybody knows Matthew Della winning championship there in the Cleveland Cavaliers alongside LeBron James, taking it right up to Steph Curry in the NBA Finals and, of course, a three-time Olympian who's done great things in the green and gold. So having him come into the league, following in the footsteps of Bogut a couple of seasons ago is huge. Um, and... Yes, they've lost Mitch McCarron, Melbourne United to Adelaide, who was great for them last season, but I think Daly's going to be sensational for them in his own right. Not going to score a whole bunch of points. Just what you saw him do in the NBA, he's going to do similar here in the NBL where he's going to be a hard-nosed defender, really tough to score against and he's going to set up his you know, his primary offensive weapons for good looks. Chris Golding, Joe Lawala-Chul, these guys are going to love playing with Matthew Delvedova and if you've watched him out there on the NBA, buy a ticket, go to John Kane Arena, watch him play for Melbourne United because he's a superstar of the game in this country. All right.
3: Before I let you go, NBL overtime tonight, 7.30 on ESPN. Uh, look, I did notice you did predictions for the NBL in about August, so I'll allow, yes. and I won't go deep into all of that, but I'll give you a chance maybe to resurrect and change it if it is. Who, who, who wins the championship?
0: I have little. Top and change a little bit in recent times, but I'm all on the Phoenix train. Oi. I think that they are ready to to, to uh, go the next step this year, and um, I like just love the emotion we spoke about before coming into the season for them. So I think it's all set up for them to go all the way, and uh, I think I'll probably be right.
3: Beautifully done, Liam. Thank you. You can follow Liam. He's a part of the uh, the ESPN crew, Ten Peach crew. NBL.com.au, the meat of the huge amount of abuse you got last week when you unleash the power rankings on the NBL fraternity. I'm all for it. Look forward to it, mate. We'll uh, catch you tonight, seven thirty ESPN.
0: Cheers, thanks, Cam.
3: Good to chat. Liam Santa Maria across everything. Best broadcaster in the game. We've got to squeeze a breakaway. Plenty more on the other side of this. Cam Luke filling in for Sam Hargraves. And in fact, nearly filled in, as we're nearly done after a big hour. A kick started with Mitch Cleary. Scotty Sattler jumped on the line and said there'll be a change he thinks in the NRL in the next couple of years. Hey, off the temper text quickly. Zero, four, double, three, ninety-eight, eleven, sixteen. I don't have an issue. I understand. I, I do understand just on that. And I'm not, I'm not condoning Brandon Smith and some of the comments he made, and I understand exactly why Melbourne Storm are. Uh, a little peeved at it. I'm sure they'll work through it. I, I just, as a as a sporting fan, when I, when I see a player in this situation, say, and, and it happened a lot, hey, I'm going to join this particular team in 12 months' time, I, I just fully expect that once they pull the jersey on, of which they are wearing in, in, in the, the following year, this being 2022, I expect, as exactly what he said today in his, his statement on Instagram, 100% committed to getting the job done and chasing a premiership, With the team he currently plays. Would he want his time again? Most probably. Would he want to do it a little bit different? Most definitely. But I don't think anything he has said, although it would have no doubt annoyed the management and probably his teammates at Melbourne Storm. I don't think it's in any way indicative that he's not going to give everything he has got to getting a premiership for Melbourne Storm in the season that we are not too far away from. And that's every time I see this. And I know AFL is a lot different. You know, we, we, we don't have it. We we have occasionally. I think it was Lin Jong that did a tour of Collingwood a couple of years ago before re-signing at the Bulldogs again. We we aren't. You know, us sports fans and us footy fans, we're well understanding of the fact that there are conversations that are continuing. Now, there's a difference between a conversation between management and another club and actually signing and being paraded out there. I also get that. But I also think we're smart enough to realize that the time they pull on their colors whatever they are wearing, then we know, be it ego, be it financial, be it team success, be it individual success, they're giving 110% to what they are trying to do in the colours they are in, although it's a little bit of a different situation compared to most sports right across the world. All thanks to Temper, a lot of text coming through. The Ashes, I'm going to say it's 99%. 99% people are looking forward to the Ashes. It's hard to argue with it. Matt from Packard, I'm asking who I think can win the NBL. I think the Sydney Kings will win the NBL this year. Looking forward to the big bash. But the Ashes, for me, kick-starting in what? Is it nine days' time? (sighs) Big evening ahead of us. Sam Hargrave's back tomorrow. See ya.